Thank you for tuning in to Change Matters. We're your hosts. I'm Salam. And I'm Sandra. Change Matters is a podcast hosted by the Common Sense Money Management Center at the University of Texas at Dallas. As students, we want to promote financial literacy on our campus and make finance more accessible, relatable, and practical for young adults. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing loans, mainly focusing on the different types of loans and how to repay them. There are many different types of loans. Federal loans in which you must fill out the FAFSA form to have access to get these loans. And there are also private loans that you can get from private entities such as Sally Mae, Discover, College Avenue student loans. With federal loans, there are unsubsidized and subsidized loans. And then there are private loans which are typically unsubsidized. In addition, if you do not qualify for FAFSA, there is the option to file TAFSA, if, um, that is T-A-F-S-A, if you're going to school in the state of Texas. This option is for students that do not own a social security card or they are a DACA recipient. With TAFSA, you can apply for grants and loans similar to FAFSA. The other option in terms of loans are private loans. Students typically borrow from private lenders when they're not granted enough in federal grants slash loans, scholarships, or if they simply do not have enough money to cover the cost of their educational and living expenses. Let's first focus on federal loans. According to studentaid.gov, direct subsidized loans are available to undergraduate students with financial need while direct unsubsidized loans are available to undergraduate and graduate students, and there's no requirement to demonstrate financial need. In order to be possibly eligible for these federal loans, you have to use the FAFSA application. Like Salam mentioned earlier, FAFSA simply stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. When you fill out this application, your school will receive your financial aid information, and then the school itself will determine the amount of loans you're allowed to take out. So basically, what this means is that there is a possibility of the loan package that you are offered from FAFSA looking different from the loan package that your school may offer you. And there are different components to FAFSA, breaking down into grants, loans, work-study, FAFSA offers federal loans that you may be eligible for. So like I mentioned earlier, with direct subsidized loans that is targeted towards individuals with financial need, subsidized loans do not charge interest until after you graduate. And with FAFSA, they typically offer a grace period of six months where the student is not required to make payments. And this grace period allows for students to find a job and uh, establish themselves before they are required to make payments. And the great thing about subsidized loans is as a student, you do not have to worry about interest accruing um, on a monthly basis. You just you can just focus on your studies knowing that uh, interest will not accrue on your subsidized loan. Yeah, and the other direct loan option is the direct unsubsidized loan. For the unsubsidized loan, there is no requirement to demonstrate financial need. These loans uh, begin charging interest while the student is in school. So that means the minute that you receive your loan, interest is accruing. There is also a grace period, typically of six months, like Salam mentioned, with the subsidized loan. And with that grace period, you, again, are not required to pay until the grace period is over. 
So, Sandra, do you know anybody that has taken out these types of loans? Yeah, I do, actually. A lot of my friends that I know are taking out both direct and both direct unsubsidized and subsidized loans to pay for school. A lot of students use this as an option to pay for school. Yeah, I also know some people that use this, um, use federal loans to pay for school, but a lot of them have this misconception that they have to take out the full amount of the loan that is offered to them. By this, I mean if they're offered $5,000 in their financial pay- aid package of loans, they do not just have to take out the $5,000 out in loans. If they only need $3,000 in loans, uh, they can just take out the $3,000. They don't have to take out the full extent of $5,000 that they were offered. That's a good point to make. It's a good thing to look at and understand when you're um, borrowing money to Mm -hmm. pay for school. Just take what you need. Exactly. The last loan option that FAFSA offers is the Direct PLUS loan, probably more commonly known as the Parent PLUS loan. Typically, this loan is taken out in the event in which you've already taken out the maximum amount of federal loans in terms of subsidized and unsubsidized loans. The Direct PLUS loan, aka Parent PLUS loan, is offered to the parents of a student in college, and basically the parent is taking out a loan on the behalf of their child. In this instance, if you're parent is willing to take out this loan to help pay for your college, this could be a great option for you. However, your parent and you should be aware that because your parent is the one taking out the loan on behalf of you, they are also liable and responsible to help pay it back. Now shifting gears to private loans, which is another option to help pay for college. These loans are not federal loans and are offered by private entities. These loans tend to have higher interest rates, and majority of these loans start accruing interest while the student is in school. Also, some private loans re- require that the students make payments while they're in school, and some allow you to make payments after you graduate. Make sure you read the contract and know what you're getting into before you take out the private loan. In terms of private loans, there are different requirements when you take out a private loans, kind of like Salam was mentioning. Um, but these requirements are even like these are also additional requirements that you need to look into. Private lenders often look at your credit history, and sometimes they require a cosigner in the event that you do not have a long enough credit history. Um, to elaborate on what a cosigner is, basically a cosigner is a person who is liable for the debt and cosigns or signs with you. Uh, in the event that you, as a primary borrower, is unable to pay. So, Sandra, say if I'm a student that needs to take out a loan, which one would be better for me, private or federal? I typically will advise a student that a federal loan is better. And yes, as we mentioned earlier, the interest rates are uh, typically lower for federal loans, Some private lenders are loan sharks, and what that means is that they charge extremely high interest rates to keep you in debt longer, which is more profitable for them. So if you have to take out a loan, make sure you shop around before you make the decision on getting a loan, because with loans, you have a responsibility to pay them back. Especially with private loans. If you do need private loans to pay back If you do need private loans to pay for your education, um, it's not a bad thing to use private loans, but like we were saying, be very careful as to which private loans that you do borrow from. Another option to pay off federal loans, shifting gears from private loans a little bit, is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. 
Now, according to studentaid.gov, this program forgives the remaining balance of your direct loans after you've made 120 qualifying monthly payments under a qualifying repayment plan while working full-time for a qualifying employer. Lots of qualifying qualifications that you have to meet. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now let's break down what some of these qualifyings were hiding. So basically what this means is in order to um, be eligible for this program, you need to be working in a profession that offers this. Typically, these professions are professions that are in the U.S. federal, state, local or local government organizations and they have to be nonprofits that are tax exempt under this under section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code. You can visit studentaid.gov to find more information to see if your profession qualifies, but overall they typically are uh, US government jobs and nonprofits. And just because you're offered a loan does not mean you have to take out the loan. I am a work-study student, and with work-study, I'm able to work on campus and earn money that I use to help pay for schooling and also other expenses that I have. With work-study, that money that you earn does not count against federal aid as long as the work-study earnings do not exceed the amount of work-study, the financial aid package that you were allotted uh, towards work-study. So uh, with Worksteady, it's on you to find your job on campus. And when you do find a job, the earnings that you get from that Worksteady position, it will be given to you typically via direct deposit or a check most often. In addition with Worksteady earnings, I want to reiterate this. They do not affect your financial aid eligibility as long as your earnings do not exceed your Worksteady financial aid. For example, If you are offered $5,000 in work-study, as long as your earnings from your work-study position do not exceed $5,000 in earnings, your financial aid from FAFSA will not decrease, which is really helpful towards um, if you receive grants and uh, you don't have to worry about if you make more money from your work-study position um, affecting if you get a grant the next year. Speaking of grants, one of the ways that I'm paying for school right now is with grants. And grants is basically free money, which is great. If FAFSA offers you a federal grant, you have no obligation to pay it back because it's free money. They are not, it's not a loan. It's not something that you're borrowing. It's something that they have granted to you, being granted a grant. Um, on top of that, I also receive scholarships. Different scholarships have different requirements. Some have GPA requirements. Some have an SAT slash ACT score requirement if you are a student who is entering college, not a student who's already in college. Um, There are also many types of scholarships that vary on eligibility. So there are some more unconventional ones, such as scholarships for tall people, or if you were um, familiar with the the duct tape prom dress scholarship in high school. Um, So if you are willing to put in the work, there's lots of scholarships offered within your school and outside of your school that you may be eligible for if you um, look for them. Also, if you work off campus, some companies like CVS and Google actually help pay for their employees' education. However, this varies from uh, company to company, but it is an option to be explored and an option to ask your employer if you do work for them or if you're about to be hired by an employer. 
And with scholarships, you should not have to pay to get a scholarship. There's unfortunately some scam scholarships that prey on students that are looking for money to pay for school. So make sure as a student that's researching these scholarships, just make sure that they're legitimate before you put your time and effort into these, um, into applying towards these scholarships. So overall, student loans are an option that some students might need to help pay for their college. Be mindful and do your research about the responsibilities that come with taking out a loan. Thank you for listening to Change Matters. This podcast was on loans. For more information on federal student loans, check out studentaid.gov to see if you are eligible and learn more about the requirements of the federal loans that we listed above. This is simply to inform you on the options that are out there. Please evaluate for yourself on if loans are necessary for you. Thank you.